Welcome all. Yeah. Welcome all, friends, foes, heels, baby faces. Have you turned yet? I don't know. We still have one more episode to go before we're... I'm, I'm, I'm heel turn in 2021. There I called it. You're listening Uh-oh. to the Shoe, Brothers, the Shoe Brothers Wrestling Podcast. Of course, this is the only wrestling podcast online, which you can find hosted by myself, Cameron Osborne. I'm sitting here. He's Mike the Shoot Shepherd. Boom, boom. <laughs> and yeah, yeah I, I called it right off the top of the show. I'm calling a heel turn for 21. I'm going to start <laughs> to become the bad. I'm going to be the bad guy here on the show. I'm going to be the one full of pessimism, full uh-uh. of uh, I'm going to start marking out all the time about booking decisions <laughs> and uh, really kind of change the tone of the show. The shoot meter is going to be all <laughs> every single episode will have the shoot meter flying in one direction or the other um and that's and that's and you're just gonna have to accept that we'll see we'll see what happens well mike it is our very 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 last show of 2020 uh so short of you know so we're recording this on a tuesday there will be a wednesday night war which could be which will be the uh the last possible shooties kind of inclusion there yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that's exactly it. Match of the year, one last hurrah. Who knows? I know. I mean, um, got the best talent. hair. Who knows? The best hair. Yeah, if someone shows up with something crazy, my God. If someone shows up with some kind of, yeah, something uh, Super I Saiyan. I've got my front runners, but I'm willing to <laughs> change the ballot if it's. And, and, and that, <clears throat> that's one of those categories uh, that, I mean, you just. I'm excited. You, well, I was going to say, you just any, anyone can win it on any night. Oh yeah, exactly. You know, um, and it also yeah, it's like a you know, even if you had the hair for one night, that one night could be the best hair ever for the whole year, <laughs> like the match. Just for one night, one match, best hair ever. So of course, what do we have? We have uh, we're doing like a like an opposite show this week because usually I think our schedule works where we kind of we cover the uh, main roster WWE stuff and then we move over to Wednesday night but we're going to flip it up and we're going to kick off with the Wednesday night war but before we get to the Wednesday night war uh, let's talk about tweet of the week it's the tweet of the week it's the tweet of the week. Uh, so, Mike, we're really burying the lead here. We're like three minutes in. Uh, just because I don't want to say it. Because you guys, <laughs> I don't think anyone it's already wants been to said. Say it, Nobody but... else wants to say it. Uh, we all know Brody Lee passed away on Boxing Day of all days. He was only 41 yeah, years old. Yeah, Wrestling Day, it should be called in the honor The day, of the, uh, truly the day the wrestling world stood still. Um, yeah. One of those type of moments that, yeah, company-wide, uh, or, or like, sorry, uh, community-wide. Industry-wide. Industry-wide. Uh, yeah. The thoughts and sentiments so going out to Brody Lee uh, were incredible, and I just want to give the Tweety League champion uh, to Brody Lee this week. Every single story and that was just shared about him uh, was so nice. Uh, a lot of, you know, some people were telling some personal stories about specific events or just hearing the consistency of everybody's thoughts about Brody Lee. Um, you know, it really makes you feel nice that, you know, he was exactly that person who everybody saw he was. He seemed like one hell of a guy, uh, one I would certainly would have loved to meet myself and um i don't know what else there is to be said no yeah i just yeah just overwhelming support from everyone just saying what a good family man he was and yeah just everything bray wyatt had a big long post very emotional all these guys everyone that was close with him uh 
Yeah. No, it was crazy. Just shocking is what it was, the whole thing. Yeah, it really was. You know? <clears throat> it really was, Mike. You uh, you kind of broke that news to me, and then immediately, uh, you know, checked the, the the Twitter landscape, and then kind of everything that followed. Yeah, it was uh, it was a, it was a big moment. Of course, uh, you know, we wish the best towards him and all of his family, um, and all those sorts of things. I don't know what else you can say. No, yeah, it's just sadness and. Uh... Yeah, obviously this week's dynamite. They've shifted it all around. It's going to be a tribute episode to Brody and uh, featuring all matches or every match features guys from the Dark Order. And I'm sure it's just going to be an emotional night. Lots of little clips and tributes and interviews and tears. And uh, yeah, it's going to be crazy. You should uh, <clears throat> you should watch this week's Being the Elite if you I, haven't. I yeah, I knew I had to watch this one. Yeah, for Brody. It was great hilarious compilation all the outtakes and the bloopers and the uh, just him yelling slapping guys around with the paper and and it's uh and it's something that i mean i've been watching i've been watching being the elite this whole time and it's you know it's exact it's, it's it was just fun to hear like the behind the scenes stuff about it from john silver <laughs> guys like that uh, and every all, time when he starts it, laughing he's like are you crying are you crying, are you crying? <laughs> to try and hide it Fuck! He has such a way of yelling, and uh, yeah, if if you haven't seen any of these, being the elites, uh, pretty much since the exalted one came into the company, it was kind of like a few weeks after that. Then he just well, he was on BTE every week, and they're always in that little bar area of theirs. That's kind of like their little clubhouse on being the elite. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun stuff. I think everyone should check out all those things and any old Brody Lee matches if that's uh, what tickles their fancy. Anyone that comes to mind for you? Uh, in regards to what? Oh, Brody Lee match. Oh, Brody Lee match? Yeah, I'll tell you. Well, I got to see one live uh, at a Toronto house show back when they weren't doing tapings in Toronto still. Uh, but the main event was Triple Threat. Ta- or a tag match, six-man tag match, the Shield versus the Wyatts in a hardcore match. It was awesome. Tables were broken. Luke Harper was flying all over the Who place. Who was the other team? The Shield. Oh, sorry, six. So okay, yeah. Sorry, I was picturing sorry, yeah. two, six-man tag. Three, I worded three it Three v three. Yeah, but right. that was an awesome. The three, the two biggest groups of the time. It was fantastic. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. No, that's not uh, right. Well, you can't because it wasn't on TV. Oh. So only those lucky people in the building got to see it. Got to see a hardcore or you can find a bootleg. Wow. Uh, Get the bootlegs. Anyway. Yeah. Where's Other Jim Cornette? That, He's got the bootlegs somewhere. Yeah. Also check out if you want to watch one on TV. Dolph Ziggler versus Luke Harper. Uh TLC. That's great. Oh, okay. I have seen clips of that in the past few days. Yeah, it's awesome. Hmm. But that's that, man. Uh yeah. Well, I'm sure. There'll be lots more to talk about. I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit more in the next show, but let's move on uh, for now. Because, of course, we're talking Wednesday night here. The show is moving on. We're doing this reverse show. We're doing an Inception show. No, that's not quite how that works. Let's just talk about NXT. (laughs) NXT. What does it mean? I don't know, but it's good wrestling. So NXT. Watch and see. to tap out a count out of one, two, three. Um, is this what are we calling this? It's like uh, is it is this the card that has the name? No, that's uh, not for another week. That's or two. that's next week. Okay, cool. <laughs> my yeah, bad. New I'm Year's back. Evil. New Year's Evil. That was I was trying to think of the pun in my head, and I was what what's the pun <laughs> they're doing? 
Uh, <laughs> no, they're still working on that. <laughs> they're, still, they're still working on whatever New Year's Evil is, but we are getting a big uh, championship match on that week, and uh, let's kick off this show. This actual one, this show kicks off with a, uh, a tag team match, I believe. Yeah, a championship match all its own. What? We got a street fight tag title match, One Lork and Danny Birch defending against Killian Dane and Drake Maverick. I don't think they have a team name yet, right? Nope, no n- no name yet. But they got the music. They got the, the funny shtick. Uh, <laughs> the funny, not the funny entrance shtick. Yeah, but they're not fooling around. The, tonight, we get lots of weapons, uh, you know, people dropping onto chairs. Uh, tables are broken. <laughs> I think Drake or someone gets a hold of a or rips off Drake's belt and just starts whipping him around with it. Uh, Dane gets knocked out. Oh, yeah, at one point they have tables set up on the floor. Killian Dane gets knocked onto them, but he just kind of bounces off. I noticed three chairs that didn't break. <laughs> oh, when they were this, doing the table chair this spot? Whole, this whole match. It was really weird. It was like They were like non-tricked yeah. tables. I don't know. I blame Dane for this one because okay. he, he was being a bit of a pussy and just kind of like tried to fall too lightly on mm. it. I saw him. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Dane. <laughs> but anyway, Strike Maverick, he grabs his belt back and just starts whipping everyone around. Uh, but they hit a low blow on him, and they bring out the cricket bats. They hit Drake and hit a big double team DDT. Get the win. The cricket the bats. Tandem. I like yeah. uh, that's the uh, that's their thing. <laughs> yeah, that's Lorcan and Birch's kendo stick. You think it would be Imperiums? Like uh, uh, kendo stick. I mean, they're both. I mean, more than, lots of people can like cricket over that's across the point. pond. That's a good point. Wait, are these guys British? I think they're not. Lorcan and Birch? Are they? I think they're UK. I think oh, they're UK. Oh, wow. God, that's a good question, though. <laughs> uh, no, I'm pretty sure they are. Okay, okay, okay. Have you ever watched a match of cricket in your life? Um, no, I saw a cricket um, get played in the summertime in a you park. You saw it live? Yeah, in a park. Uh, oh, so just amateurs. Well, yeah, well, it's like a team, you know, just like just like people would be playing soccer. No, uh, no, I'm talking about the big leagues. When would have you when would there be an opportunity to go see I don't a know. live I'm, cricket? I don't know. I'm just wondering because I don't understand much about it at all. I've seen we've all seen clips, obviously, but I don't know the fucking rules. Yeah, I think you just got to look at the rules. There was a fight, which was the coolest part. Um, a fight? My personal cricket? cricket experience. That's weird. Well, I guess you're in Canada. Of course, it's a fight. <laughs> there's gonna be a, there's gonna be a fight of some kind. They're playing <laughs> cricket here in Canada. Uh, yeah, that's about it. That's about it. I'll let you know if I ever do go <laughs> actually watch cricket. Okay, I don't even know why I asked. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You're curious. Uh, you were curious. I'm curious. Yeah, curious. sports. We love talking sports on this show. It is a sports uh, entertainment podcast, if nothing else. If nothing we're else, we're talking about sports that entertain us. So I mean. <laughs> And this was our Christmas week, of course. We were getting all our Christmas episodes out. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we go over to Christmas at the Gargano house. And they're all dressed up in their nice tacky Christmas sweaters. Find them on WWEshop.com. Use promo (laughs) code uh, Gargano for 15% off your order. Yeah. And Johnny's sitting at the piano. I think they called him Gargano Piano or something. Playing nice Christmas songs. Uh, Candace is acting like the mom. She's like, Johnny, kids want to open their presents. So Austin and Indy, they're all sitting under the tree, and Johnny does the dad thing. He's got the ham, the home video recorder, <laughs> getting everything going, shaky hands, and uh, yeah, Candace tells him, we went all out. We don't want to disappoint you on our first Christmas as a family. So Austin Theory says, no way, Jose, and Gargano says, no, no, you don't say that name in this house. He had no way. It was his name, and where'd that get him? 
So I could, a big reference to your buddy and favorite release job or no way, Jose. Did uh what, did him and Johnny Gargano ever share the ring together? That's not uh, uh, uh well yeah, maybe he was on NXT for oh a bit, my but God. I mean well, that was a weird drop. Maybe he's coming back. I actively tried to not say the words <laughs> "No way." Jose. I haven't thought about him once since the release. Of he, <laughs> <laughs> even if you're speaking in like a yeah, like Gar like a uh, Gargano way or um like they were in this like in a tongue in cheek way, I tried to not put the words "No way" and Jose together. <laughs> I want yeah, at least any, uh, I want yeah. at least ten words separating it "No way" and Jose. How I think about that term forever yeah <laughs> because uh, i can't do it without singing the song and the song's terrible yeah. it was funny though i like this little it was a funny joke uh then candace takes the cookies away from austin and uh he opens his present which is a big container of gargano whey protein powder and of course whey spelled w-h-e-y <laughs> ha uh yeah we'll go back to them later but in the meantime tyler rust uh, Thatch student or former Thatch student. I can't remember if they're in cahoots or not anymore. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> but he's interviewed and uh, Malcolm Bivens shows up, who you may remember managed Indu Share briefly. There we remember go. Remember those guys? I don't think I remember that. That's okay. Uh, anyways, uh, Jake Atlas takes on Isaiah Swerve Scott. Just some good cruiserweight stuff here. Uh, Atlas goes for a reverse Rana. Swerve lands right on his feet. Uh, eventually, Swerve hits this cool new finisher called the Confidence Boost. Gets the win. Have we seen uh, whatever his name Escobar. is? <laughs> Escobar. Yeah, we haven't seen him or the title in a while. I El Fantasma. Like. Yeah, what's his deal? Um, yeah. Okay. That's the only part that's been kind of lacking on XT lately. You know, they re-elevated the cruiserweight and then they kind of forgot about it again. Yeah, I wonder if that's. I wonder if that was like there's an issue of timing. Yeah, or uh, maybe who knows? Maybe I don't know. Maybe he's hanging out with Andrade somewhere. <laughs> the two of them are together. <laughs> uh, but we go to Rhea Ripley taking on Dakota Kai. And we're having a nice match going on. Raquel Gonzalez is banned from ringside. But she wasn't banned from standing on the ramp, which she does. So she's just hanging out there. But doesn't phase Rhea. She hits the riptide, gets the win. But then after Raquel comes down and they start swinging at each other until they get broken up. And then I think they announced they're going to have a last woman standing match at the New Year's Evil. So that'll be fun. Yeah, we don't get to see we don't get to see those too often. And uh, nope. yeah, we we're wait we're waiting for we got we we're we're gonna get a little bit of juice on this card for sure. <laughs> Some juice. Just a little bit of juice. That's okay. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, we go back to Gargano Christmas. Now it's time for Indy Hartwell to open her gift, and she gets a PlayStation Five. Wow. And Austin Theory just goes no fucking way. But then Indy says, "Wait, there's nothing in here." And Johnny says, "Well, the PSV, the PS5 is mine. I gave you the box for dramatic effect, uh, because your real gift's way better. You've proven yourself loyal and worthy to take on the family nickname. I christen you Indie Wrestling. So she is touched. That's way better than a PS5." Candace says, "We support you. We support Indie Wrestling." Wow. <laughs> I've, uh, I, like I like this. Uh, yeah, it's I've fun. never heard those words on a WWE <laughs> program either. I support indie wrestling. It's um, funny. I like it. Do you I hope think she starts calling herself that. I, I never thought about this, but if uh, if Johnny Gargano gets to the main roster, are they allowed to call him Johnny Wrestling, or does he have to be Johnny Sports Entertainer? 
<laughs> I think Johnny Wrestling. He can't be Johnny Takeover though. He can't be Johnny Takeover anymore. Johnny Pay Per View. Doesn't have the. Quite it doesn't the see. Ring. It doesn't have the quite ring to it. And that's the problem. Yeah. Maybe Johnny that, Wrestling though. He, they can... He's stuck down there until they can come up with a better nickname. <laughs> uh, well, he likes being down there anyways. Yeah. He's raising his kids. Um, then we go back to our foreign film. Just kind of more of the same. Zaya Boa still just training hard until the master finally says enough. And they open their eyes, and this mysterious figure opens their eyes. And I'm guessing, hopefully, we'll get the big reveal at New Year's Evil. Hopefully. It's been too long. Uh, this week's and last week's, both nothing, like, it didn't change. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, you know, we're uh, we're getting to, you know, this is almost, a, this is, isn't quite, uh, you know, the uh, Rowan Spider. We're not quite there yet. <laughs> uh, no, no. So, hopefully, yeah, next week or the week after. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, then we go back to Bronson Reed taking on Ashanti the Adonis. Basically, just a quick squash. Reed gets the win. Big splash. Yeah, that was cool. He's a big guy. Yeah, yeah. He's always he's hovering around that North American title. Yeah, he division. he was in that ladder match. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. maybe he was hurt. I don't know. He's been in. I don't. Know. But then Io Shirai comes out, calls out Tony Storm. But then we get the return of Mercedes Martinez. Who shows up, attacks EO. So she's back. She was in retribution for like two weeks. <laughs> but good to have her back in NXT. She just beats EO all around, throws her into the announce table. Uh, kind of unique. She throws her through the bottom of the announce table, just breaks through the side of it. You never see that. Yeah, that was you weird. You never <laughs> see that. And EO Shirai but, uh, hasn't defended this title, or at least she, she didn't defend it at War Games. So it feels like uh, she needs she needs another title defense. Well, that's going to be it. Tony Storm and New Year's Evil. Boom. Uh, more Christmas at the Garganos. The final gift is for lovely Candace. Uh, she opens it up, and it's the mangled, one of the mangled wheels from Shotzi's tank that she ran over those months ago. But uh, she loves the gift. She's super happy. They finish off their Christmas with a nice family portrait. Which Austin Theory botches by spraying protein protein powder all over the place. <laughs> that was a nice little Christmas, fun stuff. It really Austin Theory showed more personality in this skit than he has in like a year. Yeah, he actually, I guess, had the opportunity maybe to show his personality. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> that might be it as well. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, but yeah, I like it. I'm liking this pairing, this grouping. Yeah, these the way these these four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we go to Timothy Thatcher, the Thatch man, taking on Leon Ruff. Uh, Thatcher just in control for most of the match. Ruff gets a few moves in, uh, but Thatch is beating up Leon, getting cocky. When Ruff rolls him up, gets a three count. So another big win for Leon. Uh, but Thatcher just goes, beats him up until Ciampa comes out, attacks Thatcher. And then we find out some big news later. You and I, we wished for it, and we're getting it. Because Ciampa has taken on Thatcher in the fight pit at New Year's Evil. I'll see you in the fight pit. <laughs> dun, 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 great. dun, dun, yeah. dun, dun, The part one at TakeOver was awesome, so I think this is going to be an awesome follow-up. Yeah. The second f- ever fight pit. The fight pit, pit fight, uh, whatever <laughs> it is, uh, it's like my favorite step. And we're finally getting to see it again. Yeah. They haven't overdone it, though. You know, we've only had one, so uh, once a year. Of course, and good. see, I like the idea that a stipulation belongs to a particular person. Like Tim, this is Timothy Thatcher's fight pit. Like you know, if you had two other motherfuckers in the fight pit, 
Uh, <laughs> like, what the hell does that mean? Nobody cares. This is the Thatch Man we're talking about here. Former NXT Tag Champion by proxy. With the very man he beat in the fight pit, Mr. Matt Riddle, of course. Now, does does the Thatch Man have uh, a rain under his belt? Or was it like... I believe he does. It does count? I believe so. Ooh, not uh, not on the Wikipedia page, though. It's not on the Wikipedia page? No, but uh, yeah, I, well, I guess that would be the question. Because I was like, he was allowed... He got it just, be, just so... It's weird because, I mean, there are some titles... Like this year, I think... When New Day won the tag titles and Xavier wasn't even around, they still included him. Yeah, Xavier that's Woods a good the... point. Yeah, who so, knows? I don't know. It's weird. They make the rules. They can do whatever the hell they want. With the... <laughs> but I do try. I mean, Wikipedia is God, so I listen to them. No matter what my opinion <laughs> Wikipedia is. Wikipedia the... is God. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's all knowing. Uh... <laughs> yeah, all the all all the sh- all the, it, it's weaned out all the wrong information by this point. Like oh, yeah. yeah, don't use it on your on your grade seven essay. But and uh, even you know what? Even then, you probably can get away with it. Just scroll to the bottom because all the references you need are right there. <laughs> they're all just right. don't say Wikipedia was my reference. Use their references. They're all they're all right there, anyways. It's all cited. It's C- cited. <laughs> <It's a> good- <laughs> uh, uh, Dexter Lobus was just drawing more of the card uh, for New Year's Evil throughout the show. He's a good artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Aria Davari takes on Tyler Rust. Just, uh, yeah, Rust getting a little mini push here, I guess. They, they want something with him, I guess. I don't know. He hits some cool moves. This little front flip stunner thing and a butterfly submission gets the win. Mm-hmm. Tyler Rust, anyway. we've seen him. I guess he was the one who was up at... Th- he was the one who took on Ciampa a couple weeks ago and put on that really good match, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He kind of came out of nowhere, or at least I don't know. He was the one I think Thatcher bullied, and now he's just doing his own thing. And yeah, however, it worked. Fucking worked for him. Yeah. Uh, the main event: uh, Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream. For whatever reason, he's. I don't know. We haven't seen him. We barely see him. He's main eventing the show, but yeah, odd. Yeah, I think they set it up earlier in the night when he was just kind of doing shit backstage, but. Anyways, oh, yeah, I don't mind the setup. Just, yeah, weird. Vel- dream. The Velveteen yeah. Dream. Yeah, the fall like from the grace for that right man. Now? I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, the match was fine. It just, uh, yeah, not much going on. Dream hits the Purple Rainmaker at one point, which used to be a match ender. But Cole kicks out of it, and then soon after hits the last shot, gets the win. Yeah, the, Vel- the Velveteen Dream's flamboyant style really lends to, I feel like, me being drawn into his matches. Uh, like, you know, when the story has been built and the emotion, the stakes have been laid and now I'm getting to see him perform this, right? Like that is the Velveteen Dream that we're pretty much just used to, um, because he gets put into feuds. They're super emotional and really good. (laughs) And then he has the match that resolves it. Uh, so just having Velveteen, it's almost like he's not a guy that can just be in a match. He can put on a great, he can put on a just fine match. Yeah, but, so, but he's not not like the AJ Styles or Daniel Bryan's where they can just the story develops as the match is going because they're that damn good. Yeah, or or maybe it's just maybe it's just not what we're used to yet, right? We're used to Velveteen Dreams in these long program, you know, the the long promos, the entrance, the you know the the ring gear uh, that's always super cool and different. Like we're used to this yeah. Velveteen Dream, so we're not used to just hey, put on a good match, <laughs> Velveteen Dream. Yeah. No, obviously the whole uh, controversy with him this year kind of 
weather. We don't know what's true, what's not. Nothing was uh, criminally charged, but the whole thing has obviously soured him. And I don't know, just this whole character, his whole aura, everything is not nearly what it used to be. A future world champion, as we once called him. Oh, yeah. For, you could probably go back to listen to uh earlier episode, probably. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, or, you know, I mean, Mike, uh, our very first wrestler of the week was both unanimously Velveteen Dream um, on episode one. Hmm. So uh, clearly, if you go back to episode one, he was doing something right. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> I we, mean we both called him the wrestler of the week for some reason. So yeah, but you're yeah. exactly right. We've all cooled off on him, and I don't really know where to go with him. We don't know. I mean, the future. We don't know. He's so young still, and I don't know if he can shake this this controversy. I don't know. The whole thing it just feels unresolved. I think that's why people have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because I was never really, I don't know. Nothing we could do except for move on. (laughs) Move on. But I guess that was, uh, you know, I guess that was our weekly Adam Cole dose because we haven't seen him in singles action in a little while. And that was NXT. Yeah, I think they said that was like his first singles match since like September or something. Yeah, I could see it probably since the the match against Pat McAfee, I'd say. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I think he was off TV for a little bit and now uh, kind of the war games build. Yeah. Yeah, Kyle O'Reilly's been the one kind of stepping up as the new... The new head of the new lead, yeah, the physical lead. I wonder why yeah. uh, we're giving Adam Cole this little bit of time off, but maybe uh, maybe <laughs> everyone needs it, right? So he can come back yeah. hotter than ever. Yeah, uh, but let's just move right on over to AEW Dynamite. AEW, all elite. They coming for you, Vince. Better watch out. It's too sweet. The holiday bash. So they got the Christmas lights set up. They got the tree. All that nice stuff. Now, have you been uh, checking out any of the other AEW stuff? They did a whole Christmas story kind of remake. Um, uh, yeah, I saw the yeah, like the all the highlights of it. Like MJF was Ralphie, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, and they had uh, who else was in there? Allie. Yeah, yeah, they were all doing little bits. Uh, yeah, they were all doing the bits, which yeah, I know. I remember you said yeah, you like really liked that movie, the and they were all like scenes that I remember from the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, like the famous the Santa Claus kicking him down the slide. Yeah, or the snowball sandwich. Stuff. I remember that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I think this. Uh, yeah, this holiday edition wasn't this the one that was like on after NBA or something? Yeah, this was on NBA late. It was like ten thirty p.m. or something was when it started. I'm not sure if that's yeah. That's probably it probably wasn't live. No, or no, it may not. But, have been. Uh, I really don't know. But I don't think so. But the show kicked off with Chris Jericho and MGF taking on top flight. Uh, and this is where I heard the Twitterverse blow up a bit, making fun of Chris Jericho. A lot of the the carryovers, the people watching the NBA game tuned in, like, wow, what happened to Chris Jericho? That's, you know, and, and, but, and I guess that is the money, that is the ratings decision to make. You, oh, yeah, I'm sure they got great ratings. You put Jericho right after the NBA game, so people watching the NBA game say, I remember Chris Jericho, and watch it. Unfortunately, yeah. it's like, he obviously doesn't look the same. He's a little frumpy, <laughs> a little frumpy. I might have, you know, maybe uh, maybe coming out with Sting would have been the, the right so I think coming out with Sting would have been the right move, like, Holy too. Shit, Sting's You're right. Here. I would have thought that, too. Yeah, but. Um, but yeah, you can't. I mean, this isn't Monday Night Raw. We can't kick off our show with thirty minutes of talking. <laughs> and overall, I mean, the people that tuned in, they probably aren't going to become. They were just checking it out, anyways. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, they, they, they get that. Be they get that long-term. like twenty-five minute ratings bump. Yeah, like okay, oh, okay, that's, that's great. 
but anyways, this tag match was fun. Top flight. You know, these young guns trying to make a name for themselves here. But uh, they don't have all the help on the outside like Inner Circle. But they putting up a good fight. But eventually, uh, Jake Hager interferes behind the ref's back, allowing MJF to hit the Heat Seeker, get the win. And then afterwards, Hager cuts a promo saying, We've won the last two weeks since we all came together. Everyone's here, done their job, except for one person, and it pisses me off. Where's Wardlow? Oh, that's right. He's off on family business. But this is family business. So he's all pissed off. And he spoke to Tony Khan. And next week, we're getting Hager versus Wardlow, which will be delayed another week. Yeah, we're going to have that one delayed another week. Um... But, yeah, so they're finally settling at it. I mean, something's got to give. Uh, if I have to pick between the two, I'm keeping Wardlow in the group at this point. At this point, yeah. Um, at this point, Jake Hager came in with a lot of, uh, you know, it was like, oh, my God, it's Jake Hager. Um, but, yeah, we haven't seen him do anything being the muscle of the inner circle. I don't know. I, uh, I've i been having a bad feeling about Chris Jericho the last month or so, month and a half, Mike, and I didn't want to have to say it. In regards to what? In regards to just... Uh, like his overall performance? What does he? How does he think he's doing in the ring? in the ring oh yeah his wrestling is not yeah he's declined even i mean physically and uh and, I mean, and he's a, changed his style and, a bit. and he's led the company for those first 145 150 days i bet um yeah. as you know the inaugural aew champion and then of course being with the inner circle i just wonder to myself like when do when when does he just kind of stop yeah <laughs> well, he loves to drink and party. That's the so. thing. He likes to drink and party too much for a 50-year-old who's also trying to be a professional wrestler. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I'm worried that I one mean, of these things yeah, is going to like, I don't know, something bad's going to happen. I mean, it is showing. It is showing. It's showing, especially <laughs> against fucking, you know, a, he, he's in the ring with a 23-year-old. Yeah, top flight. And these top flight, these two the insane-looking athletes. <laughs> and then just frumpy old... Or I guess I guess the question I have, when does the believability end that, like, there's no way Jericho's Judas effect would could take yeah. out other other performers? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Uh, I wish I though. Know. I want to. I, I just want him to just cut back on the. Just stop drinking beer. <laughs> Start doing vodka I mean, yeah, he's and got, water. It's so. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like he's uh he's he does something some sort of uh extra enhancement because he's got like abs over his gut. Yeah, that's not you normal. Know? That's not normal. That's not normal. Some sort of little. You know, maybe doctor prescribed hormones. Oh, of course, you know the doctors can prescribe a <laughs> the same lot things of helpful, Joe Rogan's takes. The doctors can prescribe a lot of helpful things. Let's not uh, yeah. let's not paint them as these uh, you know these these monsters. Yeah, not everyone can uh, look like Pack though. Pac. Some of that's genetics. I'm sure he doesn't drink beer though. Pack. Yeah. Oh, there. Well, I I think yeah. More than anything else, or like yeah, genetics is huge. Um, like Mike, you and I could, you and I could train our entire lives. We're not gonna look like like the bastard pack. It just can't happen. No. My, but... my father, my father is five six. <laughs> well, that's all I'm gonna say. That's short. all I'm gonna say about that. I mean, pack's pretty short. Pack the bastard pack. Uh, but let's move along <laughs> let's here. Move along. <laughs> uh, Tony Schiavone, Woo. he's in the ring. To interview Stang. Uh, 
I don't know if I noticed before, but Tony's got some ear or some bling in his ears. How long has he had his ears pierced? He I, he just has the one ear pierced, right? Or is it both? I don't know. I thought it was both. This okay. Week. Uh, yeah. Was. No, it's, it's for a while. I think normally it's small, but this week I felt like he had big. No, bling. he has that like old man piercing where he got it in. You know, like 1987, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then your ear dro- your earlobes fall, so it's at like the very bottom of his ear, almost. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, no, I've noticed that before. Well, he's here to interview Sting, and Sting cuts a nice uh, promo being back in the jungle and talks about Darby Allen, who's still watching from the rafters, and then Sting talks about Dusty Rhodes and does quite a nice impression here, uh, pretty spot on. I mean, everyone does a dusty impression, but his was great. His was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, yeah. yeah a lot of people do have that dusty impression there. Just throw on that lisp and. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit of a lisp. Yeah, but then Team Taz come out to interrupt, and Ooh. they insult Sting and Darby, and they're ready to come down and attack. But the lights go out. Darby teleports into the ring, and he's got his skateboard. Sting has his bat, so they keep Team Taz at bay. Uh, Taz informs Darby that he'll be defending the TNT title against Brian Cage in two weeks. And they just leave, and then Darby and Sting have a little stare down. Yeah, the Sting-Darby thing is, uh, you know, has the potential to be, like, generational face-painted icons. (laughs) Um, Yeah, things are working well. And, man, Sting's voice is just... It's, it must be something about, maybe I said this before on the podcast, it might, must be something about his, like, cheekbones, like, the gaunt, angular structure of his jaw. Just like when sound comes out of his mouth, it sounds very good. He's got a cool voice to go along. Like, his whole, everything about him is like a comic book It's character. like, I want, I could have his voice on the, I could have his voice on the radio. I could have his voice reading <laughs> an audio book. Um, yeah. it's something, there's something about it. I like, or yeah. I, I would love my outgoing message, like that message on my voicemail to be his voice. Like, yeah, you've reached Cameron Osborne. I think he has a very <laughs> pleasant voice, uh, that I would want people to hear when they call me. <laughs> yeah, I like it. And it's kind of unexpected because, you know, there was times when he would never speak for like a whole year when he was just the silent sting. Just the silent, like what Darby's the silent stinger. Uh, but yeah, I wonder what's I wonder what's going on with Darby Allen, because um, to me he hasn't had I don't think he's had a singles match since he won that championship. And in our eyes, I think we've said this before, he should just be fucking knocking them down right now. Like he's hot. Let's keep him hot. He's yeah, fantastic. Get some title defenses under our belt. I wonder, you know, sort of now him and Sting are sort of interacting in their own way. I wonder if. Are, are we sort of waiting for, or like, is Sting going to bring him up? Is it to legitimize him in, you know, the public's eyes, not just, you know, the wrestling fans' eyes? Uh, but whatever it is, like, it can't come soon enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what exactly is going to happen, if they're going to come to blows, if they're going to team up. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can't wait. But then we go backstage. Where MJF's uh, got a camera crew to follow him, and he approaches Santana and Ortiz, and uh, he's very got a very serious demeanor. Just has a real discussion with them, and he heard about uh, Santana's family member's health issue. Uh, someone passed away recently, I think his dad. Or, and then MJF understands because his grandfather has cancer, and he just died as well. So he says, "I'm here for you." And then Santana just stands up to MJF. Says, keep your head up, and gives him a nice bro handshake. And then Ortiz comes up, shakes his hand as well. 
Yeah. And it was just a real moment here. No real swerve. It was this is all based in reality. And, and we yeah. and we haven't seen Santana in a little or he's kind of been off and on sparingly in the last little while. And this might explain why. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It was kind of a nice little humanizing moment for MJF a bit. Yeah, you know, it really was. And we've seen sort of, you know, since MJF's come into the inner circle, Santana Ortiz have really, the three of them have kind of grown up together. Yeah. And that bro handshake, I think that's the moment. Oh, I believe it's when you dap them up. He pulled them in. That's what it's called. Pulled them back. That's what it's called? Yeah. yeah. What is it called? When you're like, when you're... uh, Dap? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) D-A-P? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, D-A-P. Yeah, I guess, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, then we get six-man tag action. Colt Cabana, number five and number ten, taking on Jurassic Express. I feel like we haven't got to see in a while. I no, I bet they're crushing it on Dark, though. Apparently they are, because they've, <laughs> quietly, they've quietly made their way up to rank number three in the tag division. Ooh, I haven't checked the uh, I haven't checked the AW Power Rankings in a while. I mean, they're I was going to say, Ooh. but for those keeping score. <laughs> okay, for those uh, of us who are definitely on the ball with this information. Yeah, but fun little match. Uh, you know, Jurassic Express doing all their fun tag team spots. Uh, Luchas, you know, Luchasaurus picking up Marco, throwing him onto the pile of Dark Order. Uh, and then Lucha and Jungle Boy hit their awesome. I don't even know what to call it. It's like a backflip suplex into a powerbomb combo. He catches him midair, and that gets him the win. Uh, after the match, Tony goes to interview them, but FTR pop up on the Tron and cut a promo. You so. you can always tell who's crushing it on dark based on when someone just pops up on dynamite. Um, like this was like a, this is a Sean Spears situation. Whenever <laughs> Sean Spears just has a match one night, uh, you think to yourself, "Oh shit, he must be crushing it on dynamite." Or Big Swole suddenly has a match, yeah. you're like, "Jesus, she must be crushing it on dynamite." And uh, <laughs> uh, Jurassic Express kind of represent, you know, maybe like the tag division's version of that. I'm looking right now, and um, the acclaimed are actually in the uh, in that fifth power ranking spot. So uh, you know, yeah, it's you, if you can crush it on dark, uh, you can make it up. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, around the beginning of Dynamite, it seemed like they were on every week, the Jurassic Express. But yep, early, I yeah, guess very, they, very they, early on, yeah. Yeah, I guess they're more of a, a crowd favorite type of thing, though, like Orange Cassidy, where the crowd reaction is a big part. Uh, yeah, I think I think so. Uh, they kind of fall into that thing also. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But let's go singles action. The Butcher is taking on Pac. And Butcher looking pretty good in singles action here. He's uh, in control for a large part, but then Pac has his comeback. He looks ready. He's ready to hit the black arrow when Blade and the bunny start causing a ruckus outside the ring. So it just distracts Pac, and Butcher takes advantage, hits a nice falling powerbomb, big two count. Uh, And then Eddie Kingston is ready to come down to the ring to interfere, but Lance Archer comes out, scares him off. So Pac fights back and hits the black arrow, gets the win. Your favorite. My favorite. Your I know he hasn't got to hit it since. Yeah, we haven't seen one. Uh, we haven't seen one of those in a while. Um, yeah. I gotta say, uh, the butcher, Andy Williams. You know, I was gonna save this for next week, but no, I was gonna say this. <laughs> Lead singer of. No, no you're what so. Does he play? You're Lead so guitarist. Close. Yeah. Uh, Lead bassist. Rhythm. <laughs> rhythm guitarist. Uh, you're getting there. You're getting there. Yeah. Yeah. I think you already said. Uh, did you already say? Uh, did you already say bass guitar? Oh, I said lead bassist. 
lead bassist. <laughs> well, he's not. He's the rhythm guitar player. Um, okay. But yeah, I, I, the uh, Andy Williams, rhythm guitar player. Every time I die, they put out a new EP just last week, and um, just like every single other CD they put out, it's fantastic. Mike, I. I can't think of like there are the the list is so small of a group where every single one of their releases I I I fall to I fall towards um, <laughs> even you can you could take a band like Blink One Eight Two I do not like every single one of their CDs I really don't oh, yeah, every definitely. time I die every single fucking thing they put out is just and they and they have like eight cds at this i don't know how they're doing it but i was gonna say andy williams the butcher um i don't know if you've noticed uh you know for me he is a finalist for most improved wrestler of the year um he's faster than he was than when he started he feels more confident after that uh bunkhouse match yeah, <laughs> i've sort of seen was, him uh... in this whole different light of taking or you know being the taking bigger bumps uh, playing in a bit safer uh, and he's able to hang with the likes of Pac, who is the uh, that, that upper echelon of AEW. Yeah, no, I really liked it, you know. Uh, yeah, showing he can definitely go on his own. Yeah, very, uh, very, very much so. Check out the new Every Time I Die EP. <laughs> or I think it's just a demo. It's just quick. Two songs. They're fucking fantastic. Two songs. Wow. Yeah, that's fine. Well, you know, that's we're waiting. We're, we're, we're pumping up to the big album. No, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, backstage, Jade Cargill, who we're still waiting to see in action, uh, cuts a promo on Brandy. You know, now you're pregnant just to get away from fighting me, but uh, I'll take care of the division while you're gone. So you better find me a worthy opponent because I'm tired of this shit. So hopefully we do get to see her soon. Yeah, or whatever so that might see. be. We'll see what she could do. Yeah, we're going to have to see. Uh, yeah, we're going to see what happens there. But then Tony Schiavone interviews Kip Sabian, Penelope Ford, and Miro about the upcoming wedding. Because they're still doing that. Uh, <laughs> That's still happening. That's still happening. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't just a gimmick to call Miro the best man. But they're ready to finally announce the date when the best friends in Orange Cassidy music hits. But they don't come out. It was a fake out from Kip and Miro as they play footage of Trent being loaded into an ambulance in the parking lot. He's been attacked. Which apparently is to cover for a real life injury, so he might be out for a little bit. A a uh, partially torn pectoral, I believe I heard. Ah, uh, that's what happened to Triple H in Saudi. Not Saudi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do, but, right, I do uh, that. Yeah. yeah. But then they give us the real wedding date announcement, February third. So we're really looking ahead to the future. Uh, which is a special beach break episode of Dynamite. Which, you know, yeah, looking ahead into the future, uh, a month and a bit. Um, but, you know, in terms of wedding uh, planning. I guess wedding planning. This is fast. <laughs> we need to plan a wedding in a month. This needs to be Penelope Ford's dream wedding, by the way. Because uh, you only get one of those. Well, hopefully. Uh, but beach break, that's the name of Orange Cassidy's finisher. So how does he factor into this episode? Is that episode? it? Oh, that's one of them. I mean, he does the orange punch, but he does that other move, the beach break. Oh, I forgot about that. Where he, like, lifts them upside down. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, maybe it's just fun because they can't use Bash at the Beach. Yeah, I can't use Bash at the Beach. I'm sure they tried other things. Uh, you know, body break was obviously taken. <laughs> <laughs> so they yeah. had to go for beach break. Beach, body break. They tried them all. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's go back to the ring. Evil Uno is taking on Dustin Rose. Uh, the match was fine. I think Uno hits a nice pile driver at one point, but Dustin kicks out, fights back, 
and hits a running bulldog to get the win. For the second week in a row or something. Yeah, I don't like this. What, I don't what, like this. What is this? I'm glad this you This is not a finishing move. This. this is not a finishing move. But it's not apparently. A, is I like I feel like and I I feel like we're kinda of two weeks in now and there's been some kind of miscommunication and we're going over time. And it just happens no, to be. I feel like, like he's doing this and he wants to win with this. I don't know. Why? I, I don't know what maybe Uno's too big, he couldn't lift him up for the the you know final what? Cut, whatever he calls <laughs> Emergency it, shooty category. We have finisher of the year. We should have like worst finisher of the year. Well, I think this far this might already the be. The bulldog yeah, might be is... the winner. You know, this is this is Ho- this this isn't quite Hogan leg drop. because uh, of course the Hogan slash Nia Jax leg drop. Uh, well, t- at least Hogan's has like decades of legitimacy behind <laughs> it to put it over. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah, which you know, cer- if you can pin Andre the Giant, with which it. certainly adds to the devastation of it all, right? Uh, yeah, but, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, this one's bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'll if it, I don't know. <laughs> I think it was on purpose, but if it happens one more time, if it happens also- one more time, I have to. Yeah, I will have to concede that it's on purpose. The first time felt terrible, like an accident. Terrible finish. Yeah, the first time, like, okay, there was just a fluke. Second time, uh, this feels this like seemed a, blatant. Yeah, it, it was a one-on-one weird. match this time. That's so weird. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, afterwards, Uno is on his knees asking for Dustin to join the Dark Order, and he extends his hand. But Dustin sticks out a middle finger and hits him, so Stu Grayson jumps in, and they beat him up, and then QT Marshall and Lee Johnson save him. For the save. For the save. Uh, then I think Hikaru Shida gets interviewed. Abaddon attacks her. But Hikaru Shida's then got a match. She's taken on Alex Grush. Gracia, yeah, I, th- I, I was gonna was... say Gracia, but yeah, Gracia, one of those. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Hikaru Shida on a 22 match winning streak again, only one loss on you. Dark, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it must be. Uh, but Shida, she's dominating the match when Abaddon appears at ringside. Shida attacks her, then goes back to Gracia, hits the Falcon Arrow, gets a three count. And then afterwards, she goes back over to Abaddon, who rises up and attacks. She holds Sheeta against the guardrail and then pulls a Shayna Baszler by biting Sheeta's neck. Uh, so she just clutches at her neck with there's blood all over herself as Abaddon leaves. You know what's crazy to think about? What? That was that, sh- that, that was like eight months ago? That was this year. That was that this like forever year? Ago. I know. Yeah. I she, know. We've had Shana two neck ba- bites in the same year. Shayna Baszler bit Becky Lynch like yeah. less than 10 months it ago. It was like in February or something. Yeah. It's so um, fucking weird. You're right. Another crazy stat I just heard was at this point, there's been like two times the amount of uh, no fan dynamites as there have been with fans. Yeah, I guess they really they really had, like they really had October to March. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, I guess they were able to. I guess what? Well, I mean, what Dynamite has at least going for them? Is I mean, a little bit of the fans. partial fans. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you've checked out any of the. Um, I'm sure you've maybe you've watched the, a couple of the past Raptors games or whatever it is, but the uh, the cities down there who are able to have fans. Oh yeah, some of them have like yeah. five thousand. The fans Magic, I think they have the most. Orlando, they're allowed to have they have four thousand fans, which is like twenty six and a half percent capacity. Uh, yeah. But the Raptors are allowed three thousand max. Uh, so if you, it definitely makes all the difference. Yeah, but they're in a weird position because it's like they're not their home. Fans. I I did see <laughs> on an AEW. I mean, there's gonna be some there. Obviously. I did see on an AEW just kind of like social media blast release. It was a thing like uh, a bunch of new tickets were added to uh, this week's Dynamite. 
So uh, I don't know. I don't know if that means uh, you know they're being allowed to let more people there or whatever. Hmm. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. But let's go to the main events of the evening. We got a tag team championship match: the Young Bucks defending against the Acclaimed, who we mentioned on the rise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, rankings don't matter that much because they're getting a title shot here. They're only fifth. But you know you can't follow them too closely. It'll be it wouldn't be as fun that way. No. But anyways, yeah, fun match, good tag action here. Uh, the acclaim just showing the future of the division, putting up a good fight. Uh, but then Nick Jackson just starts going super kick crazy, hitting everyone. Uh, but then he accidentally knocks the ref out. So while he's out, the acclaimed they hit a low blow, followed by a shot to the head with the boom box. They go for the pin as another ref runs down. Uh, the ref. Goes to make the count, but Nick kicks out, so the Bucks fight back. Uh, Bowens gets powerbombed through the timekeeper's table, and then Caster gets hit with the BTE trigger, and that gets the Bucks the win, retain the titles. Yeah, I'm excited for these acclaimed guys. I gotta say, um, it's crazy how like the them. Bucks. Like it's crazy how the Bucks can just like in in one main event of one television show. Uh, you can bring you can bring up a performer or a team or whoever, and uh, that's all you need. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, this is this was the acclaim's first fucking damn main. I mean, of, yeah, they had to they had to hold up their end of the bargain. Eggs, too. of course, of course, right? But you know, and what that means for 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 you know just for the acclaimed kind of going forward, right? Uh, yeah, you take the loss, but no more admirable of a defeat than when. Uh, you lose to the Young Bucks in a pretty damn good main event. Yeah. No, I'm happy for the the future of these guys. Uh, it's very bright. And that should always be the main event of a show. Like, fun and energetic. Like, I think... <laughs> like if, yeah. if Championship main, match if you can. If your main yeah. event is dragging on or it's just a talking segment, uh, <laughs> change your main event. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for the most part, I always like to close with a match. Yeah, I guess sometimes. Sometimes okay, the, only if it's really big. If it's really juicy, <laughs> <laughs> but most of the time, yeah. If there's like a big return, you know. Yeah. Like when Sting showed up, or Matt Hardy, or Luke Hart, or Brody Lee. Or Any of these, yeah, you know. But that was uh, the holiday bash. That was the holiday bash right before our Christmas Eve, um, or right on our Christmas Eve, I guess. Mike, should we take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. I think we should take a break. We should come back. Of course, we have trivia and then main roster business. So you're going to want to stick around. Back here, part two, people. Wow. The part two, and, and you know, kind of moving into SmackDown and Raw just doesn't feel right. <laughs> Yeah, it's all flip flopped. Now, how did we? But, how did we used to do it? We did. We used to. We used to do raw trivia, like raw break trivia SmackDown. Yeah, I think so. I think that was the way we used to do it. And then you would throw any like pay per view review. Yeah, in the first half. In the end. A lot of behind the scenes, uh, you know, stuff here for the listeners right now, which I think is. Uh, which is important, you know, because we struggle with uh, these things just as much as the listener does, right? You know, the listener's thinking to themselves, like, oh, it's, f- it's fucking Christmas Day, and I have to watch SmackDown? Like, I can't keep up. 
I mean, you don't have to. No well, I mean, to I, I, I mean, I guess no one's no no one's got a gun to your head, but still, someone's got to watch it. I mean, you could have waited till Sunday if you wanted to. <laughs> wait past, yeah. I guess you could have waited past Boxing Day, taking another day off, and then kind of yeah. hot all up, unwind, and you're ready to go. Um, well, well, you know, what if what if you have cable and no internet? You have to watch. Well, it. and then you're just absurd. It's absurd. And then you got to watch. Uh, or you're my grandmother. Then you got to watch Nikki Cross and Peyton Royce on main event. Is that did that happen this yeah, week? Yeah, Nikki Cross has been uh, cruising all over main event. Taking on Lacey Evans, taking on Peyton Royce, then taking on Lacey Evans with Peyton Royce in the corner. <laughs> uh, uh, she's bouncing around. She's bouncing around down there. Hmm. I miss her. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, Mike, let's move ahead with the show because it's our last show of 2020. That's something to celebrate. And let's uh, finish off the year strong with some trivia. Trivia. Uh, Mike, I've got another gauntlet for you this week, and I am excited about this one. <laughs> well, uh, I've got five questions for you. Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll give it to you first. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll answer first, and then we'll uh, we'll finish on the gauntlet. Yeah, we'll finish on a fun note. Okay. Because uh, this week I just came up with a couple of Luke Harper, Brody Lee trivia. Okay. In honor of the great man. Mm-hmm. John Huber. Uh, so, of course, I mean, he had a long career for promotions that I'm sure you and I did not. Uh, I'm sure we've seen clips and matches here and there, but would not be able to follow the lineage. So I'm just going to stick to what we know. Okay. Anyways, let's start with the first question here. Can you name all of his title reigns in WWE slash NXT? So basically, which titles did he win and how many times? Okay. Uh, he won the Intercontinental Championship once. He mm-hmm. won the NXT Championship once. Oh, sorry, NXT, one? sorry, the NXT Tag Team Championship <laughs> once. Yeah. Uh, and with then who? Uh, with. I'm going to say with Bray Wyatt on this one. I'm going to say with Bray Wyatt. Uh, and then he is a two-time SmackDown tag team champion. One um, under uh, the fucking Bludgeon, Bludgeon Brothers won, won, won it. Definitely won it mm-hmm. once. And then I think the other one was with uh, the Rand Man, Randy Orton. Final. Yeah. Final answers. Okay. So you pretty much got everything. One little detail was off, but I'll tell you. Okay. Uh, so the NXT, he did win the tag titles, but it was with Eric Rowan. It was with, with Rowan? Ah. Yeah. Yeah. I was. Uh, yeah. But yeah, everything else was correct. The SmackDown tag titles, him, Orton, and Bray all shared the titles, the three of them, like New Day. It was one of those. Okay. But yeah, you got all the ones, all the actual belts you got correct. So, you know so what? there I, you go. I can't picture I can't picture Eric Rowan in NXT. Maybe I think that's what it was. I mean, uh, I mean, it was the early, early days of yes, NXT. Yes, of course. Like the guys they beat for the titles you haven't even heard of. I wouldn't even be able to name them off the <laughs> trivia. Oh, God. You'd have to look it up. Uh, anyways, next question. So we're going back to the SmackDown era. Okay. Uh, Harper, Randy Orton, Wyatt, they're teaming up. Who did they defeat to win those SmackDown tag titles? 
Um, I'm only going to say this because I think I know this, which is why I'm going to say it because it's the very first thing I think of. And if I, if I sit on it any longer, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to regret it. So I have to go with my gut. Did they beat Rhino and Heath Slater? Oh, wow. That is a great answer. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. How, did, how, how did you remember so specifically? How I feel as though... I've just I've seen it before because I know they were I know they were the t- two first champions like when it was on SmackDown. Yeah, and then Slater I, and Rhino were the first, and then this was the second. And then I picture the brands. I picture like you know them not being champions for very long, and then I picture Randy and then you know the Elimination Chamber with Bray, and then I kind of picture. Yeah, the, I think this was right around the time you jumped into the wrestling. And maybe that's what it was. Yeah, it was one of my first like ooh yeah Randy Orton yeah. P- Randy Orton teaming up with Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family. It was cool. Too was for a my while. first like ooh moment because I he knew... wore the vest with like the little name tag on it, <laughs> like he was like a blue collar uh, car mechanic or something. He still didn't wear pants, but uh... I think that's what transitioned him to the sweater vest. Oh, that was the transition to full sweater vest because he wasn't always a vest guy. No, he used to just come out with his trunks, and that was it. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, you got that great answer. Thank you. That's you know one of the harder or one of the more obscure teams in the SmackDown tag title yeah. lineage. <laughs> But now let's move over because uh, he did win the tag titles again with Eric Rowan as the Bludgeon Brothers, as you identified. Uh, but who did those two, who did they defeat to win the tag titles? Yeah, now this this tag, this now this one falls into the realm of obscurity for me. Um, talking <laughs> about tag team main wrestling uh, or tag team wrestling on the main roster. Mm-hmm. God, that's not something I remember too often. Uh, SmackDown. This would have been uh, okay. It's not as obscure as Kurt Hawkins, because uh, I think his was the Raw Championship. So we can. It's not that obscure. It could just be one of those fucking. It's low as the Bar or the Usos. Uh, fucker, the New Day. I mean, I picture it happening. In a, I picture it happening at Mania, but uh, I'm just gonna guess one of those things. I'm gonna say it was the Bar. Ah, uh, well, you were in the ballpark. It was one of those teams, but it was the Usos. Yeah, yeah. But, That's cool. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I guess in an odd way, it was harder to guess because it was during that era where all those teams were just kind of, and you know, having good matches, but just sharing the titles. They were all sharing the titles, like, across both SmackDown and Raw also, like, when the teams yeah. would get traded and shit like that. So it was just like, oh, my God, they were all yeah. champions of both multiple times. <laughs> But I feel like throughout throughout both titles' histories, uh, I feel like SmackDown's kept it more prestigious. Like, they haven't had the B team. They haven't had the, yeah. the Slater. Yeah, they didn't have the Slater-Hawkins <laughs> either. Yeah. Uh, okay, moving on to the world of AEW. Okay. Uh, he, of course, won the TNT title. I'm not going to ask you that. Uh, but we know who he beat as well. He beat Cody, but can you tell me how long did it take him to defeat Cody within 10 seconds of yeah, the answer? Yeah, within 10 how seconds. How long was it that was match? It was fast, too. Where he won the title. And yeah. that's what was so cool about it. Now, it wasn't oh, a squash. Yeah. It was like close to a squash, though. It was like a Goldberg, like a little Goldberg <laughs> plus, <laughs> you know? Where yeah. maybe there was like a, like a segment of offense, or sorry, by the other guy. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say it happened like under five minutes, though I think, or maybe like right around five minutes. 
Uh, yeah, we're gonna say four. Oh, fuck yeah, we're gonna, you got to be within ten. Within ten seconds of it. That's what's so hard. I'm gonna yeah. say I'm gonna say five and a half minutes. Five minutes and thirty seconds. Five minutes thirty seconds. Yeah. The time we were looking for was three minutes <sighs> ten seconds. Yeah, you know what? I wow, I even went longer. Yeah, it really did yeah. not last long. That's sick. But he did. Yeah, Cody got a couple moves in, but yeah, yeah Brody mostly just dominated him. And won his only title, and we're very happy that he did. Yeah. He will forever be in the history books as a champion. Of course. In AEW. Yeah. Okay. My final question. Uh, I think now looking back, I should have ended with that question because it's probably the best. I think you might not get this next one. Okay. Uh, anyways, because we're moving back to WWE. I should have just kept it. But, but anyways, the only one I didn't cover yet, who did Luke Harper defeat to win his first and only singles title, the Intercontinental title? Yeah, I don't, I don't know this one. Um, yeah, I know he had the match against Dolph Ziggler because I saw it on the various things. I can't really pin, I can't really peg who the Intercontinental Champion around that time would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be Ziggler. You know, I'm gonna say it was the, I'm gonna say it was the Miz. The Miz. That's a good guess, but it was Dolph Ziggler. I was Ziggler. Was that match? Mm-hmm. Did he beat him? Did he? Win the belt no, I think he beat him for it, and then he was defending in that match. Uh, but still, a very underrated little run he had. <laughs> kind of forgotten by history sometimes. Yeah. But not anymore. Oh, that's cool. And that's all my trivia for him. <coughs> that was fun. Yeah. That was fun. Pledge our honor or our remembrance. Yes. <clears throat> yes we do. Okay, Mike. Okay. I got a gauntlet here for you there, bud. Are you ready, Mike? Because the other day I was, uh, or like for the past little while I've been contemplating, I've um, pretty much been loyal to Apple Music uh, for years now. Since the streaming game has become a thing, I've just been Apple Music guy. I got the iPhone. It fucking works, right? (laughs) Anyways, recently I was just kind of becoming dissatisfied with the product contemplated the move to an, uh, to other streaming services, sort of what, uh, what the other options are out there, right, Mike? So I've uh, I, I've decided I am a, I'm a new customer of Spotify Entertainment, hmm. just so you know. Um, you know. But as I was getting rid of my Apple Music, Apple Music all works on a cloud-based kind of thing, so I just want to make sure I had um, some things backed up, like uh, audio uh, songs backed up that I knew weren't available on Spotify or... And um, so I, I, I came across all of the entire catalog of pending songs because I had to make sure I have the shit backed up, right? You know, I can't lose this <laughs> to the cloud like Jennifer Lawrence. No, I got to keep this thing close to me, Mike. So we're going to play the best pending songs gauntlet. So here's how it's going to work, Mike. I need your honest, non-biased opinion towards every <laughs> single song, Mike. And you just got to tell me um, what you what, what song you like better than the next what you know does that make sense <laughs> okay of course of course you know, of course I'll you can consider you can consider the, the part in which you played the audience reaction of course i'll consider all things At all possible things right okay mike yeah. so uh first coming off the uh and she said the first the first song coming <laughs> out was birds 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 yeah birds Classic pending song, um, but right behind it, uh, Denver, Denver's old cafe. Denver and birds. Very different songs. Uh, very different, but in some ways, a bit similar. <laughs> I would say. <laughs> you know, I feel they were more the later half of pending catalog. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. 
Not that the, 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 it was only a couple year run anyways, but... <laughs> it was the uh, second of the two years. <laughs> yeah. I feel Denver is the, you know, it's a very simple, simple song for me to play. That doesn't make it a bad song. Uh, it's catchy. It's like an indie style. But yeah, very one of my easiest songs to play. Uh, Birds is fun. Birds is interesting. Uh, a lot of cool, unique parts. I really love James. James' singing in that song is great. The chorus, mm -hmm. as you as you led in with there. Mm -hmm. One of uh, yeah, his great high notes. Um, yeah, overall, uh, I think I give the edge to Birds. Birds getting the edge. I like Birds. Uh, yeah, there's some fun little birds. guitar parts I get to play in the middle. and Yeah. Uh, you know, Denver's fun. It's got the nice backing course with Sam that we don't hear on too many songs. But birds will move on. It'll fly. Birds it'll fly. Birds there. fly on to the next round. Um, uh, but can't wait much longer. Coming down the ramp. Uh, stay gold. Stay gold. Uh, yeah, I think this was more more earlier pending. Uh. Yeah, you wrote this one, I believe. It was a co-write. Uh, That's correct. Co-write with who? Lewis? Lewis. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, James. a Lewis Cam Co-James mm -hmm. production. Uh, yeah, I think I came in late on this one. You guys like wrote it, and then I had to write my part like the day before a show or something. Nice. <laughs> but it was fun. I don't think we played it as live quite as often. Uh, so I just I don't have as much personal attachment to it as birds. So I guess for that reason, birds will continue on. Yeah, first first out, and they're staying strong. Uh, coming up next, we have pocket bucks. Pocket bucks, classic. Yeah. Uh, James, what are you singing about? Type song. Yeah, but this is, this was another great one. I like these ballad types where you know it's we got some slow parts, then the big build and the the fun guitar. Uh, yeah, I have some fun riffs on this one. Bow, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those songs where it's almost like uh, the chorus is a guitar riff, you know, mm -hmm. like Seven Nation Army. Mm. <laughs> kind of. Uh, but yeah, that's a lot of fun. A great. I like James's singing a lot on that one. Uh, yeah, it's a radio single worthy tune. So uh, I'm giving the edge to Pocket Books. <laughs> Big one, taking mm -hmm. out the. Uh, now you're back in books. <laughs> now you are back in books. Yeah. Okay, pocketbooks got the edge. Uh, coming next, uh, one of the one of the very first songs ever written in the catalog. That's fleeting. Fleeting. Okay. Yeah, this is a big one. This, this is a big the... one. This is a heavy hitter coming in. Um, you know, fifth fifth entrant. Yeah. For those that don't know, this is the the stairway to heaven. <laughs> The the free bird, the six minute epic, uh, if you will, just a long song that builds and once it moves on from a part, it doesn't go back. We just have part one, part two, part three with the climactic, the big drum into guitar solo, uh, James uh, singing his heart out, uh, Lewis playing great rhythm, and Sam. Who can forget Sam? I'll mention him on the bass. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone doing their part. Uh, I feel it's just a great, it's a classic rock song, I feel like, you know, back when you could write a six-minute song and have it play on the radio. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's a love song, one of the greatest things you could write about. <laughs> one, I didn't write it. the great love song. Uh, the guy who sings it didn't write it, <laughs> but he ended up being involved with that woman anyways. It's a whole nother story. 
if we could go around the table, uh, there's so much craziness. But pocketbooks versus fleeting, this is a very tough one. Uh, but with my heart, I'll have to give it to fleeting. Of course. <sighs> wow. <laughs> the epic guitar solo. Who could forget that? Yeah, folks? the my solo into your solo, really. <laughs> yeah. Our fifth entrant. Uh, <clears throat> well, Mike, you know, um, you know, you, like, like you said, you have to give the personal touch. Defleeting, Mike, but I believe there would be no more personal touch than our than our next matchup between Fleeting and Post Jam. <laughs> yeah, of course, this will be a very tough one. Yeah, Post Jam. Uh, yeah, one of the few that I penned the words for. You know, not that I don't. You know, I just mostly stuck to guitar. But every once in a while, write some words, and I've wrote this song. I think it's a very one of our most pop friendly songs. You know, it's got a very, you could play this one on the radio, folks. <laughs> one day, if this gets discovered, this is the one you'll hear on the radio. <laughs> uh, yeah, fun rhythm. I like playing the rhythm. Lewis takes the lead on this one. I let him fuck around with his little guitar solo. <laughs> <laughs> but it matches because it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of like a, I don't know, it's a jam song. It's called Post Jam, but it follows the rhythm. It's got a catchy chorus, lyrics. Singing about heartbreak and moving on and all that fun stuff. And uh, yeah, it's a tough one here. Two great songs, uh, but you got to go with the Bohemian Rhapsody, the Fleeting. We'll continue on. <laughs> okay. It stays. Fleeting knocks out. Uh, then quickly down the ramp, we have Intromental. Intromental. A fun little song, you know, just a, it is what it says. It's an intro. It's an instrumental. Uh, we play at the beginning of our concerts, like a little one minute. Just a fun thing. Get the crowd hyped. Let them know, hey, get to your seats. Show starting. <laughs> uh, even features some rare bass chords Ooh, from Sam. Playing rare chords on the bass, bass chords. Yeah. You don't see those too often. No, you don't. Uh, but... Of course, it's just a little instrumental. It's not going to compete with a juggernaut that is fleeting. So, sorry. Yeah, the, <laughs> this was uh this was the little Enzo Amore moment, you know, Le Brock Lesnar standing <laughs> Brock Lesnar standing in the middle of the ring during the rumble waiting for the mm -hmm. next dude to come down and all you hear is bada boom. Yeah. This guy in the room. <laughs> and then the crowd pops. Brock kind of catches his breath. Um, but uh, here comes another heavy hitter taking on Fleeting. We have our next down to the ring. Have another. Have another. <clears throat> Bourbon. Uh, yeah. So once again, another song written about a girl, her love, <laughs> things like that. We were all young men in high school, romances and things like that. So writing about... Uh, getting a girl drunk. <laughs> is that what this song is about? Uh, who knows? Who knows? We're gonna have to ask. Yeah. We're gonna have to ask uh, James, Mr. Bunker. Bunker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, this was fun though. A fun, poppy, catchy tune. We actually recorded it professionally in a studio with hours that we won, allegedly, <laughs> from a from some sort of allegedly from some kind of. Uh, I mean, we did go. We didn't pay any money. We so. didn't pay any money. That's a good point. <laughs> We recorded a track. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but it was not legendary. So Fleeting will continue on. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> I think this is going to walk away with it at this point. Uh, Come on to next Summer Road. Summer Road. Yeah. Just a simple bluesy jam song. 
Uh, fun to fuck around with, but yeah, one of the very, very, maybe the very first pending song ever. I think it was. Uh, I think it well, was. Well, this yeah. and Fleeting were the first two. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this, uh, yeah, just a fun little blues jam, but uh, cannot compete. It's out. It's out. Our last to the ring. <coughs> uh, we have Cup of Cauldron. Cup of Cauldron. I really like this song a lot. Can this uh, can, can Cup of Cauldron find within them? Let's find out. You know, I'd put it in a top five Cup of Cauldron. I'd put it up there. It's definitely one of our heaviest songs. You know, I felt uh, I myself am a more heavier. You know, I like metal. I like hard rock. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Pending wasn't quite as much as that. More softer style. More Lewis <laughs> softer strings. <laughs> Uh, but cup of cauldron, we got to do some heavy shit at the end. You know, you're going crazy on the drums. I'm going, f- doing some fun stuff on the guitar, wailing away. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting song too. Like the way it, I don't know, just like the timing of it and the the lyrics. <coughs> James is singing, the ships went sailing. Yeah, so it is a weird. <laughs> I always song. like this, and like the way your drumming is like some cool little pattern. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's a fun one. A very unique one. Uh, but yeah, I think we'll have to give the final thing to Fleeting. Oh, it's the legend. Wow. It's the winner. The champion. That's all there is to it. Wow. Fleeting comes home. Yeah, the, possibly the second song uh, we ever wrote. That just shows you. You know, I think Aerosmith's first hit was Dream On, and I think still <laughs> now, they're still making money on it. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, those are all the songs. The only ones that didn't make it. Uh, remember, uh, everything but knows a yes. <laughs> there was that song, yeah, but that never and, really. Uh, uh, I don't think it was ever like a thing. It was never like a song, you know. I mean, we played it maybe once at a party. <laughs> <laughs> it would that would have been like the very last pending song. Yeah, um, if such a thing existed. That was everything, eh? Yep. Hmm. Yeah, I guess we had other ones that we worked on, but never really. Yeah, those were all the yeah, songs one that I yesterday. Would call... Remember yesterday? <clears throat> I don't remember. Yet. Yesterday? No. Was the day? Yesterday. I don't remember that song. Was the day? We wrote it, and then I don't think we ever did it much. Oh shit! I don't even remember that at all. And then there was also that. Oh uh, yeah, the... yeah, I remember that. It's like. Uh, then there was also with the joke song. We wrote a joke song. It was like, love yourself. Yeah, the joke songs don't count. <laughs> or the... Uh, but it, a, it would be the secret song if we actually recorded it. <coughs> or the... Yeah, uh, love yourself. What was, you like, what was the Jesus Isn't Real song? There was that song. Oh, uh, yeah. That was like a late... Yeah, I think that might have been post-pending. <sighs> it was Sam's basement. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what it was? Anyways, that was yeah. trivia. That was a lot of fun. That was fun. Very, nobody will know what we're talking about. Nobody will know what we're talking them. about. So let's get to something that people know what we're talking about. Of course, that's right. We're talking about SmackDown Live. Okay, folks, it's Friday night. It's time for SmackDown Live. It, uh, it used to be on Tuesday, but then uh, I think it was on Friday before, though. No, no, wait. We used to film it on a Thursday and then release it. It's just SmackDown Live. Maybe we'll, maybe we can sweeten some of the episodes with some pending music. <laughs> yeah, it's Transition. not. It's, yeah, it definitely doesn't fall under anything copyright. We own so, the rights. Yeah, so. we're not going to get flagged for it. 
no, no. But we're talking SmackDown Live because um, we are uh, we're five days removed from uh, our previous TLC. Our bodies are mm-hmm. still recovering. From, but it's Christmas. But it's Christmas time, so you know we gotta do something big. So why not kick off the night with something huge? Jesus well, Christ! It's yeah, eight, this, this... eight p.m. on Christmas night, and by golly, we're gonna watch a steel cage match. Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, the Universal Championship is on the line. Yeah, this whole you know what this whole SmackDown episode there was no fucking around. They it did was just not a fuck card. around this entire night. So, yeah, we start off big steel cage match, like you said, universal title. Uh, Reigns, Owens, they're just going at it. They're brawling, lots of slamming into the cage, uh, just going for pins. No, man, they're not trying to escape at first. Uh, Owens hits a pop-up powerbomb, big near fall. He hits the huge, you know, that move when he's on the top rope and he does like the twisting fisherman buster. Yeah, what is Roman that Reigns. thing? That's crazy cool. is what it is, but it's awesome. <laughs> I think he invented it. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, but then after Reigns hits a Superman punch, Owens kicks out of that. So uh, Roman locks in the guillotine. Owens is like stuck between the cage and the ropes. But then he uses that to his advantage, just pulls Reigns down, chokes him on the ropes. Uh, so he gets up, hits the stunner for another big near fall. So they were giving out all. Uh, and they start fighting up like they're climbing the wall of the cage. And then Owens just super kicks him. He falls off, goes for a swanton bomb. But Roman gets the knees up. Hits the spear, but Owens kicks out of that. So they're they're letting Owens look real strong here. Uh, he was even bleeding a little bit from the head. Just a tiny bit. Just a tiny bit from the head. <laughs> uh, but then Owens fights back. He just starts slamming Rowan all over the place, uh, slamming his head into the cage. Uh, so he takes him out. He walks over to the cage door. It's wide open. He's ready to escape. But, of course, fucking Jey Uso shows up. Uh, so Owens tries to fight him off. Slams the door into him. He's so close to getting out. But then Roman grabs a hold of him and yanks him back into the ring. Goes for another spear. But then Owens avoids this. Reigns slams into the cage. Kevin hits a stunner. He's crawling back on the floor. He's near the cage door. But then Uso slides his hand in through the cage and handcuffs Kevin Owens to the cage. So he's stuck. Uh, kind of a cool little visual where he's... he's Attached to the cage, he's dangling his feet out. He's so close to touching he the can't floor. Can't quite touch it. <laughs> he can't reach. So Reigns gets back up and just calmly walks right past out the door to the floor. Wins the match, retains the title. But great match. Owens looks really strong. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Even, it kept moving along. Uh, yeah. Big old bumps. Normally, and yeah, um, normally, uh, you know what? Fuck Jey Uso. But uh, God, you know what? We need some heroic. M- male baby face to come across and just kick the shit out of Jey Uso uh, to challenge yeah. for this Universal Championship. Um, yeah, or like, does Kevin Owens keep going? Maybe. Maybe he gets one more shot, one but more shot. Uh, there's a guy that announced his entrance into the Royal Rumble, and that's Mr. Nia Daniel Jax. Bryan. Oh, sorry, what? <laughs> Mr. Daniel Bryan, Whoops. who has never won. Uh, that could be big, so who knows. Wait, did he announce he way. is just going to be in it or that he's going to be first? No, he's not going to be first. No, he's oh, going to be okay. in it. I mean, he doesn't want to be first. Well, allegedly. hopefully he's in it. I mean, he's definitely in the match. Yeah. And hopefully he wins it. We'll see. But let's go. Great opening match. Uh, Charlotte, Flair, Oscar come out to cut a promo about being the tag champs. And, you know, they're allowed to be on SmackDown because they're the tag champs. Exactly. They're right. 
So, uh, but then Bailey comes out to interrupt, insults them, puts herself over. Then Sasha comes out, Bianca comes out, Carmella comes out, calls everyone bitches. Uh, and we got ourselves a triple threat elimination title match for the women's tag titles. So Charlotte Flair and Asuka defending against Bailey and Carmella and Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair. Uh, yeah, just a great, great match. Uh, Belair and Flair had a nice, they have good chemistry. Two of the best female athletes in the company when it comes to physicality. Damn, damn, you said it. I said it. Uh, Bailey sneaks in, though, hits the Bailey to Bailey on Asuka, but she kicks out. Uh, Belair and Sasha looking good together, teaming up. Uh, Bianca hits a glam slam on Bailey, tags in Sasha, hits the frog splash, covers Bailey, gets the three count, so she's eliminated, her and Carmella. Uh, then Charlotte comes in, she gets Sasha locked in the figure four. And then a fun little spot where Sasha's crawling to the ropes, trying to get there, and Bianca Belair just throws her hair to Sasha like a rope, like Rapunzel. <laughs> uh, just, she just pulls Sasha to the corner, makes a tag. So Bianca's looking great here until Charlotte locks her in the figure four, but then Sasha comes flying in with a big meteora. So, uh, but then soon after Sasha gets taken out, Reginald, yes, yeah, Sasha gets knocked to the floor, and Reginald's there, tries to catch her. But I feel like he made it worse and just kind of dropped her on her head. But uh, she was fine. Uh, Bailey shows up again, distracts Bel Air. Asuka takes advantage. Uh, and I think eventually Asuka hits a code breaker. Charlotte hits the natural selection, pins them, retains the titles. But fun match. Retains. Yeah. You said yeah. This uh, this whole thing had like a lot of fun sequences. <laughs> it was like a yeah, bunch of fun everyone. sequences put together. Uh, and a really fun match. Really liked the uh, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan watching over uh, backstage. Uh, we got the classic uh, pose. Yeah, classic hopefully, to hopefully watch they'll pose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully they'll get their shot sooner than later. Yeah, uh, yeah. Poor them. They had to hang out backstage and, instead of just being thrown into maybe like a uh, an eight. Uh, eight eliminator. Yeah. Um, well, maybe there. Bailey to belly. No, he. You, you got to change that up. Yeah. You gotta, we got to stop. She has that, that other move now. Uh, because you can't like a heel wouldn't use the word belly. A heel would call <laughs> it a stomach or your gut. I don't know. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. You shot me in the belly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you shot in, right in the tum tum. Yeah. You know. You see. Uh, it kind of goes. I don't know. I don't know. Let's, let's change it up. Let's. What, what can we think? We can think of something better for next week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we get our only non-title match of the show: Daniel Bryan taking on Jey Uso. Uh, during Bryan's entrance, Uso attacks from behind and just starts slamming him around into the the Christmas set. The officials break it up, but Bryan still wants to have the match, so we do. And uh, he starts with the disadvantage, but. Uh, yeah, they have a good match, just a good back and forth. Eventually, I think Brian ducks a super kick, hits the big running knee, gets the W. So, yeah, nice win. And mm-hmm. then I think afterwards is when he get, tells everyone he's going to be in the Raw Rumble. That's so, big. Yeah, That's hope big. He wins it. A big win to to close out uh, twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, looks good. Uh, anything with Daniel Bryan's usually pretty good. Yeah. What will we see let's... with Daniel Bryan's future? <laughs> But let's do this main event. Sami Zayn defending his Intercontinental title against Big E in a Lumberjack match. Uh, so nowhere for Sami to run. No sneaking out. 
But of course, they separate the heels and the faces on each side. So. <laughs> they make it harder on each other or on the guys. You know, they're beating up big on the opposite. And he gets tossed yeah. Out. yeah. <laughs> So uh, anyway, Sammy's in control. Big E does his big comeback. Uh, and then at one point, Sammy just sneaks out of the ring, tries to run away into the Thunderdome. Uh, but then Apollo Crews goes after him and all the baby faces just carry him back to the ring. Uh, so Big E gets a hold of him. Uh, Sammy pokes him in the eye, rolls him up. Big E kicks out. Then I think eventually, yeah, they fight to the floor and all the lumberjacks just jump in. Everyone's brawling all over the place. Sammy tries to, oh yeah, I already said he tried to run away, but uh, eventually Big E just hits a big combo, ending with the big ending, and he gets a three count. So the new Intercontinental Champion, Big E. And new. Yeah, well deserved. That was Hope a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, such a great payoff for, you know, for Sami Zayn, or, you know, rather, Sami Zayn's been finding ways to escape or evade yeah, uh, the center continental titles had a really good year. I feel like yeah, it really has. All the been. It really has. Good. I uh, and I think Zane, Sam, Sammy Zane has a uh, reason for a rematch. You know, uh, he he could plead his case. You know, uh, to get it. Yeah, there was some shenanigans. All those. I mean, it was one, right? Match, some but... kind of situation where nobody can leave. Some kind of cage cell. <laughs> yeah. Um, structure <laughs> match. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, great ending, great match. Uh, the baby faces, they all lift Big E up on the shoulders and confetti rays down as we end our Christmas and our SmackDown, our last of the year in a fun way. Last SmackDown of the year. I think we were thinking, or we kind of had ourselves, our thought earlier on that, you know, Big E would kind of be next in line to take on Roman Reigns. But, uh, with Big E winning here, kind of changes, feels like it would change that. Yeah, yeah, at least in the meantime. But uh, overall, I think this was a damn good episode of SmackDown. Wanna be one of the best of the year. Just no bullshit, just four great matches. When there's no bullshit, look what can happen when you bring Charlotte Flair back. Uh, (laughs) Suddenly, you have like one of the better shows that you've had in a year. Yeah, I mean, if you want it to be a, it's Christmas, you want to have a positive overall vibe to the show. And. Apparently, it did huge viewership numbers, over 3.3 million. Oh, really? Which was the biggest of 2020. Uh, I think SmackDown normally only does like 2 million or something. So. Wow. Lots of people watching. The first hour, over 4 million. We don't normally care about ratings, but I just threw that well, in. Well, yes, except for, yeah, Reddit. we gave all the baby faces the win, except for Roman, I guess. Yeah, but he's, <laughs> that's why they put it at the beginning of the show. Yeah, we, so gave, we gave the, the heel win at the beginning, and it was, you know, huge. And then just kind of three straight baby face wins. That's how that's how you that's how you close off Christmas, as far as I'm concerned. Let's get to Monday Night Raw. Let's get Raw. Let's get Raw. So this was just last night, I guess. Uh, after the bad, sad news, so the show opens with a graphic dedicated to the memory of John Huber, aka Luke Harper. Um, yeah, I heard that during the show and stuff, they filmed some interviews and things like that, that I think, I think they, uh, they're going to let AEW do the, do the big all out tribute. 
uh, for oh yeah, they're gonna kind of let 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 them kind of take the charge do their on big that thing, and then, then after play a little thing. But yeah, they did the graphic at the beginning here. So. You know what? That's uh, that's smart. That's uh, that is kind of like I feel like the respectful thing to do. Yeah, don't maybe. step on their toes. I guess exactly. Like he was their dude. You let yeah, him. You let him time. go. Yeah. He uh, he was their guy. Let them pay their respects, and then you can kind of. Yeah, I think it was fine. Kurt Kurt Hawkins was online complaining that they didn't do enough. Well, Kurt Kurt Hawkins Hawkins. is probably complaining that he uh, (laughs) got a bogus Raw Tag Team Championship uh, fucking win, and that was his WrestleMania moment. Imagine if your WrestleMania moment was like being a transitional champion on the (laughs) pre-show. Better than nothing. Well, I guess that's a good point. Uh, let's kick off the show because, yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, Drew McIntyre came down, who I noticed they're not calling the Scottish psychopath anymore. They're calling him, like, the Scottish warrior. Uh, yeah, I don't know really if I l- just, just caught that recently or if this has been going on for a while. I think since he started wearing the kilt every uh, week okay. in the sort. Yeah, I, really, don't really I don't off. think he needs the thing every week, but whatever. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. But anyways, he's cutting a promo about his, his wild year and... He's going to be facing either Sheamus or Keith Lee next week. So those two men come out to interrupt and give their little piece. Uh, Yeah, Keith Lee doesn't trust Drew anymore after he gave his word about Sheamus and he bro-kicked him. So anyways, Sheamus bro-kicks him again and that leads right into the match. Keith Lee versus Sheamus. Winner gets a title shot against Drew next week, which is the Raw Legends Night. Uh, Raw Legends Night. Uh, Do you like guys like Hulk Hogan? Well, come watch the USA Network next week at 8 p.m. where uh, the Hulkster is going to be there. Among many others. I could Uh, not be more excited. (laughs) Uh, Sheamus uh, has got the advantage early on. This match was just heavy hitting, lots of stiff strikes, uh, just slapping each other in the face and the chest. All over the place. Eventually, Keith Lee hits a spirit bomb, gets the win. So, getting a big title shot next week. And I don't want to jinx it, so I'm not even going to say it. Um, <laughs> when it comes to Keith Lee and it was nice. it was his nice. uh, push or pull, if it were. Yeah. Um, I do but like hopefully... they, they kept that spirit bomb super clean. Or like, yeah. uh, you know, uh, he didn't hit one until that was kind of like his actual finisher and no shenanigans. Like this was so nice to see. <laughs> yeah, just a nice win. And hopefully they'll do the same thing or not necessarily win, but just let him have a nice match. next. There week. wasn't a single shenanigan. Yeah, I like it. It was so nice. Uh, an Irish without shenanigans. Who would have thought? Who would have thunk? <laughs> then we get the Miz taking on Grand Metalik in a reason. rare singles match. For some reason. Well, he looked great. Uh, I mean, anytime you give these guys a chance, they look good. But, uh, yeah, he was high flying, hitting moonsaults to the floors. Uh, He's on a roll. Miz tries to hit him with a power bomb, but he just rolls through that, uh, tucks Miz into a pin, holds him down for the three. So big win for Metalik. Yeah, this was weird. Who knows if it means anything? Probably not. (laughs) Uh, We go backstage where Elias and Jackson Riker are hanging out, trying to play guitar. Uh, when they're getting an angry knock on the door and Omos comes storming in with AJ who tells him that they're being too loud. Omos is trying to listen to Mozart and AJ's on the phone. AJ's on the phone with WWE management. Uh, tells Elias, you're not Johnny Cash, you're Johnny Trash. 
and almost does his awesome laugh. He's like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I love his <laughs> Almost is, I'm really liking this almost. He's so yeah, simple. He's, but just he's nice. so sad. He's lovable. He's a lovable giant. Lovable giant. Uh, everyone's getting hot, though. They're all yelling. Uh, so eventually AJ challenges Elias to a match. Then we go to singles action. Shayna Baszler taking on Dana Brooke, uh, who's looking pretty good these days. You know, getting better all the time. Uh, but Shayna's just working over her arm. Uh, at one point, Dana does this new like little spinning neckbreaker move. Pretty cool. Yeah, she did it on Nia Jax I think, a couple weeks ago. Well, it looks a lot better when she hits it on Shayna. <laughs> <laughs> so soon after, though, Baszler hits her with a big knee to the face and the Kirafuda clutch to get the tap out win. And then I think after Mandy checks on her and she gets knocked out as well with a Kirafuda clutch. <laughs> Classic S- Mandy. Sexy muscle friends get knocked out. Mm-hmm. They need to go with that. They need to roll with that. And where's the shirt? Clothes. Do they have yeah. a shirt? They need one. Like, uh, sexy muscle friends, and then, like, with arms doing the muscle pose on the letters, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, see, I see it. I can see it. <laughs> www.shop.com. Use 15% off. Yeah. We go to Alexa's Playground, where she's back in the ring, swinging on her swing set. Uh, she still hasn't seen The Fiend since TLC, when things got heated. Maybe he's waiting for Legends Night. Or maybe he's waiting for Orton to come back to my playground. So uh, Orton does come out. Well, at first his music plays, but he doesn't appear. So Bliss is sad. But then the Firefly Funhouse appears on the screen. And Randy Orton's in the Funhouse. And he starts beating up the puppets, kicking Huskus over, throws Mercy into Abby. Then uh, he, asks, he asks Alexa, if you really think the Fiend is coming back for you. And if he does, I'll show you how sick I truly am by making sure he's got nothing to come back to. So I guess implying he's going to harm Alexa, but... And then he rips the head off of poor Ramblin' Rabbit. And that was the final straw. So Bliss challenges Orton to face her in the ring later tonight. Orton says, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, ah, Mike, you're going to hate me for saying this. Okay, <laughs> what is it? Ah, this is this whole, this did not, ah, this didn't land with me at all. We've brought the Firefly Funhouse into the ring We've adjusted the tech. No, that was Alexa's Playground. Sorry, Alexa's Playground. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> like, prop guys brought it out. We've turned off the screens. Um, it felt... I don't know. This, I, don't, I don't quite know what's happening here. Um, and Randy Orton felt, like, not confident in whatever the hell he was talking about. Like, Alexa Bliss had a microphone, like, piped to her. And yeah. Randy Orton was still, like, being awkwardly filmed backstage. He's uh, he's never been an A-list actor. But. <laughs> he's, uh, he's in some. He's in uh, the Marine too. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but let's well, just move. What, maybe what I'm saying is, if Bray Wyatt's coming back, like uh, you know, the mystery potential return of him, like if the, if the segments continue to be this awkward, uh, well, there is one Bray more Wyatt segment to come, to come. back. <laughs> uh, who's making it awkward though, Randy Orton? I feel like they're both. I don't, I don't quite know. I don't quite know. Yeah, we'll, I don't know. We'll I'm still on board we'll with Bliss. Uh, I like her her contact lenses. I can't quite make out what they are, but they're cool. I think they're, they're like just, just jagged lenses. looking eyes. Oh. Huh? I said I think they're just contact lenses. No, but they're like more than like it's not just a simple color. There's like little right. weird specks and shit on it. Of course. It. Like I don't graffiti. But. Anyways, AJ Styles taking on Elias in that match we promised you. 
Uh, both men with their big men in their corners. Uh, you know what? I got to say, this was probably one of Elias's better matches I've ever seen of him. Just going at it with AJ, looking good, hitting some cool moves. Little top rope, tight rope walking uh, Meteora. I think at one point a TKO as well. But anyways, eventually, AJ hits the phenomenal forearm, gets the win. But yeah, I really thought this was one of Elias's better matches. Yeah, maybe maybe one that actually stands out to, to this point. Way to go, AJ yeah. Styles. Uh, Way to go, of course. Yeah, classic AJ, AJ Styles anyone. match. That's what this was. Then Ricochet is taking on Mustafa Ali. This is what they've been building up to. Hmm. Uh, he's been taking on all the Retributions. Uh, some nice fast-paced action going on. Of course, all the Retribution members trying to interfere behind the ref's back. Uh, at one point, Ali hits a big splash off the top rope right onto the floor. Onto Ricochet. Nothing to break the fall. That's got to hurt. Uh, but then eventually, yeah, soon after, Ricochet hits this new finisher of his, I guess, called the kickback. Uh, but then Mace just drags Ali out of the ring to break up the pin. And then members of Retribution surround the ring. So Ricochet just starts going after them one at a time. He hit this, like, tornado DDT on T-Bar onto the edge of the ring. But totally that missed scared the, the edge shit of, out of me. Totally missed the edge of the ring. <laughs> yeah. Did it look like he just, like, fell on his head to the floor? Uh, yeah, it looks like, the, yeah, you kind of meant to maybe try to spike him on the apron, but yeah. then just the landing missed looks the scary apron, so was... he went straight down, and uh, yeah. he was down, but I think he's okay. I was scared. But uh, anyways, he starts taking out all the other guys, goes back into the ring. Uh, to, uh, yeah, he, he's got Ali hit, set up for a big shooting star press, but then Mustafa gets his knees up. Follows up with the Koji Clutch, and Ricochet passes out, giving the victory to Mustafa Ali. And, you know, Retribution. I've been saying it. They've been on a roll now for like a month. They're finally getting it right. Uh, and then afterwards, Ali gives Ricochet one more chance to join the group. And he says, I will not, not. join. <laughs> yeah. Class he, the classic uh, pause before the not. Mm-hmm. Then he hits the recoil and runs off. But... No, I like it. I'll say it again. Retribution, the past month or so, they've been doing what they should have been all along. They're getting wins. Each member has finally has gotten a win now. Finally, and maybe maybe not quite above 500, but they, they've got they've got something yeah. in the column. I mean, it's come at the expense of Ricochet, but hopefully he'll just join the group <laughs> at this point. He either has to join the group or just go the fuck away. Yeah. It's like Cedric win the Hurt Business. He joined. Yeah, he joined. It worked for him. Yeah, look where he is now. He's a champ. Anyway, Charlotte Flair is taking on Nia Jax. Uh, nothing special here. They just have to do it because of that injury angle. Six Remember, ago. Uh, famous anti-masker um, Nia Jax. Yeah, Nia Jax. You got, you got to address her by her full name. Anti, <laughs> Anti-masker. masker Nia Jax. Frozen face. Uh, nothing special here, though. It's a Nia Jax match. Uh, they go back and forth. Charlotte's got the figure four locked in, but then Baszler jumps in, attacks her. Locks in a Kirafuda clutch, so there's a DQ. But they're still hanging around. Nia Baszler, so maybe one more title shot for them. I don't know. Yeah, it was a long match, too. I don't think the irresistible force can uh, <laughs> can kind of perform for that long. Um, yeah, at least when Lana beat her, it was like in a minute. Yeah, and but yeah, but the same thing. Charlotte Charlotte needs to come back, you know, kind of like warm up to whatever's next for her. And uh, obviously, she's gonna get pushed in what in a direction. <laughs> We're not sure yeah. which, but she's getting pushed in one of them. Yeah, but uh, let's go to Mall Eight Man Tag New Day and Hardy Bros taking on the Hurt Business. 
So just your standard big multi-man match. Everyone's getting their moments flying all over the place. Uh, Xavier had a nice little tribute to Brody Lee at one point when he did his little taunt with the discus lariat. Uh, and then eventually the whole thing is just chaos, bodies flying everywhere, until eventually Lashley and Hardy are in the ring. Lashley gets the hurt lock, and Jeff Hardy taps out, so her business win. I have heard that uh, the Hardy bros, they did uh, they did file the trademark. I did hear that. Yeah, so, I mean, it is what it is. I don't see them winning the titles or anything too soon. But no, whatever. maybe, um, I, no, I think Matt Riddle needs to uh, get around this U.S. championship. I think maybe if we're looking for someone to, uh, you know, two yeah, former be, uh, MMA fighters, uh, they, can, they can kind of sell that angle, I think. And uh, Yeah, and that could actually be uh, pretty interesting in the ring. Yeah, no, it really we could be. We haven't seen that. I don't think we've really and, seen And them. Shelton Benjamin, I don't think, has had anybody. Sorry, not Shelton Benjamin. Um, Bobby Lashley hasn't had anybody, <laughs> like, actually try to take the belt. I know, him. yeah. I mean, this, this U.S. title has been a little stale. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, we still like the guy. But, of course. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, then we go backstage where... Miz and Morrison are just sitting on the stairs looking glum. Miz is real sad still about losing the money in the bank when uh, Adam Pierce approaches. He's got the briefcase in hand and says, you know what, Miz? We looked into it. You are absolutely right. Only the holder of the briefcase can cash it in. And Morrison was the one who handed it to the ref. So here you go. And he returns the briefcase to the Miz. I love it. They freak out and celebrate Mismo. I'm happy. Just like, yeah, well, I think we, or, yeah. We that, addressed that, it. The question was asked, right? John Morrison was yeah. the one to cash it. Maybe it didn't actually count. Yeah. And uh, they're going with and, it. And hey, that's a fair point, and I like it. You can't do the fake out too often, but in this case, I like it because you didn't waste the briefcase. So. In this briefcase, you like it. <laughs> exactly. So Miz still has, uh, what, five months? He's got till May. So, hey, we'll see. Hmm. But let's go to the final segment of the night. Alexa Bliss comes out to the ring for her challenge to Randy Orton. She's looking very stern. Uh, so Randy comes out, gets in the ring. But Orton just says, where is he? Uh, she says, this isn't about him. It's about me. And she goes outside and brings a wrapped up gift into the ring. Unwraps it to reveal a can of gasoline and matches. And she just goes over them and places them at Orton's feet and challenges him to do to her what she did to the Fiend. And then she just lays down in the middle of the ring. But Orton just stands there, doesn't do anything. So she goes and grabs the gas and just pours it all into the middle of the ring. And a little trail leading over to Orton just stands there. So all he has to do now is just light the match and drop it. But he won't do it. So she just pours more gas, bigger circle. Uh, says, you don't have the guts. Uh... You say you're sick. You say you're demented, but you're not. If you were, you'd like that match. You're nothing but a little bitch. Which some people say was another Brody Lee tribute. Another Brody Lee Doesn't tribute. he say that on BTE a lot? Call people little bitches? Yeah, he, well, he says a lot of things that the WWE <laughs> Network, that cable could little certainly not, uh, not air. <laughs> but then she unscrews the gas cap and just starts pouring gasoline all over her head, uh, staring at Orton. Uh, and then Orton just says, you think I won't do it? And he picks up the matches. I want to do it, but I know it's what you want. So I'm trying to process this whole thing. You think I sent the fiend to hell and you want to go there to be with him. Well, maybe I'll send you there. Maybe I'll set you on fire right now. And then the lights all shut down and Orton lights the match and we get this big close up. He's got this evil smile 
The show goes off the air. What? So we don't know. Did he commit murder? Again? Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you... F- oh, my God. Cliffhanger. Oh, my... That's not a cliffhanger. I, uh, is she alive? She could be dead. That's a cliffhanger. Um... The cliffhangers. That's what they used to call the pictures. The weekly pictures. Me and my grandpappy would go see the cliffhanger in 1942. <laughs> or rather, like, uh, yeah, I don't know what I don't know what we what we gain by stretching it out a week because now Legends Night literally has to start with uh, Hulk Hogan coming out and updating us about whether or not Alexa Bliss is alive or dead. <laughs> What do we need him for? Well, he's going to be there because it's Legends <laughs> Night, gonna, baby. Yeah, but he's got nothing to do with this. He may kind of say, hey, what you going to do <laughs> when Alexa know. Bliss pours gasoline on you? <laughs> See? Well, See? He's right in it already. Right. That was Monday Night Raw, though. Uh, yeah. It's yeah, called, it's Super Fiend. Super Somewhere. Fiend. <laughs> No, no, I'd like that this. actually. Maybe I'd, I'd actually like. Well, that I think movie. that's what he's gonna come back as. Right, he has a little cape, and uh, well, I don't know what he'll have. He has a creepier looking mask. <laughs> that was Something fantastic, like that. Mike. That was Monday Night Raw, and God, I think I guess that is the entire show. Pretty much. Pretty much. That's exactly right. Because of course we only have one more thing. That's the wrestler. Of the week. With the wrestler of the week. Of the week. Wrestler of the week. Of the week. Of the week. Wrestler of the week. Of the week. Of the week. Wrestler of the week. Of the week. Of the week. Wrestler of the week. Mike, who's your name? Who's your number? I'll just give it up to Mr. Brody Lee in honor of everything he's ever done for the industry and uh, some great stuff, some great matches. Then the dog collar match, what a great final match to have if you have to have one. It was a good way to end it with Cody and that like 20-minute classic, whatever it was. Brody Lee. Brody Lee, Mike, I'm going to have to go with you on this one, of course, for all those reasons that you already said. Uh... Yeah, you, you know, your last your last run was a fucking title run against the Cody Rhodes and the, yeah, the dog collar match, it was uh it was bloody. It was fantastic. So I'm giving my wrestler of the week to Brody Lee also uh there you go. There we go. And that's all the time that we have here for that the week, was... of course. Uh the next time you'll hear from us, I think it'll be the Shooties. Yes, it will be the shooties. I don't know how we'll uh, deal with the Wednesday if we do before or after. I or, mean, I the know. odds, <laughs> the uh, the odds. I mean, although we have said before, you know, yeah, we have, we have to include every single category and every yeah. single match, every single possible thing. However, the odds of <laughs> <laughs> like the match of the year happening on this New Year's Evil uh, and then Dynamite. I mean, I'm not saying it couldn't happen. I'm just saying the odds. That's all. But I'm that's all. I'm saying. We'll find out next time you hear oh. from us. Though might just be the shooties. And thank you for listening. Podcast rate review, like, subscribe. Of course, the show is everywhere. And uh, get your tuxedo ready, Mike. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. I'll top the bill.
I'll overkill. I have to find the will to carry on. On with the show. Show must go on.